episode number 186 of the Living Deliberately podcast. Hi, this is Shira Gura. Welcome to my podcast, where you'll learn how to get clear on what you want and get unstuck from what is holding you back so that you can go on living deliberately. Thank you so much for choosing to be with me today. And now for today's episode. Hello, my dear listeners, and thank you so much for joining me today. So a few episodes ago, I spoke about creating a crazy goal. If you didn't have a chance to hear that episode yet, you can tune back into episode 183. A crazy goal is a goal that really stretches you. And you'll know if you created a crazy goal because it's going to bring up a lot of difficult emotions like fear and uncertainty and a lack of self-belief and doubt and a lot of other goodies. I'm just kidding. It's not that those emotions are goodies, but they are there to grow you. And in that sense, I consider them good, even necessary. If you don't have difficult emotions to go through, you will never grow. Anyway, I don't want to repeat that episode, but I do want to refer to it regarding this episode. So why are we creating crazy goals in the first place? To grow us. That's the reason. We are not creating crazy goals in order to be happier or more fulfilled or more satisfied or more confident or anything else. Because those emotions come with your package of being born. You can't be any happier in the future than you can be right now. Because being happy is a choice that you always have. It comes from your mind, which is to say it comes from a thought. If you are thinking a thought that makes you feel happy, you're going to be happy. If you're thinking a thought that makes you feel angry you're going to be angry. So I don't create goals in order to feel a feeling because I can always feel whatever I want to feel right then in that moment. The future can't be any better than this very moment because it has nothing more to offer to me than what I already have right now in this moment in my life. I have all the opportunities to feel anything I want in any given moment. So I can't look to the future to have an emotion that I don't have now because I do have that emotion now. I can access it if I want to. Okay, I feel like I'm going in circles and I think one day I'll dedicate an entire episode to that concept because it's really huge. It really is. And it's so important to comprehend and digest and live from that understanding that the best is right here in this moment, that it really can't get any better than this moment. And let me tell you how this connects to my message to you for this week, which is maintaining my emotional health and well-being. So I had the privilege to have dinner a few nights ago with a bunch of friends, one of whom is my teacher, Netta, who you may remember her name when I interviewed her on this podcast, episode 108. And I also dedicated my second book, The Clear Way, to her. So we were at dinner, and we were speaking about a healer who came into my life this past year. 
So I can't remember if I did a podcast episode on this or not. I know for sure I wrote about it in my book, but about six months ago, I did something crazy to my back. I went to open the door of the laundry machine and I stood in a really kind of twisted way and I bent over and with great force tried to open the door of the laundry machine. And at the same time, I apparently totally pulled out my back. I only found out later that something like seven or eight vertebrae got totally displaced. I was literally on the floor in my house, in my living room for three days straight because not only could I not move, I had electric shocks going through me anytime I made an attempt to make a slight move. I was in so much pain. It was horrendous. And long story short, my amazing husband found someone to hopefully take care of me. And that someone's name is Matan, and I now call him my healer. Long story short, nearly a year later, Matan is coming to my community every few weeks to do treatments on people. He's not really a chiropractor, although he does a bit of that kind of work. He studied a whole bunch of modalities and really uses whatever he sees needed for each person. So when my friend recently pulled her back out, I encouraged her to see him, and she did, and she's feeling so much better. And then my friend recommended her friend to see Matan. And so what happened at dinner was his name came up in conversation because I asked a couple of the people there who went to see him earlier in the day how their treatment was. And of course, everyone was like all starry-eyed about how amazing he is. And then Netta told me she's planning to see him the next time he comes in, even though she's feeling totally fine and she didn't pull her back out or anything like that. And then I said, oh, that's interesting. Maybe I'll make an appointment with him. I don't really have a reason to go either, but maybe I'll treat myself. Because the truth is, I haven't been treated by him since I pulled my back out because there was no reason to. And this is what Netta said. She said, think about it like your car. You take your car for oil changes, right? And you get the tires changed and you clean it inside and out. And you do all of that, not when there is an emergency, but you do it before your car is in need of an emergency so that you avoid any emergencies. And she said, as I see it, it's the same thing here. You don't have to go to Matan only when it's an emergency or a crisis. You can just go to him for maintenance. And I thought that was brilliant and very wise because the truth of the matter is I hadn't ever considered going to him if I weren't in a bad place. But there's really no wisdom in that. There's no reason you can't get treated or go for a massage or acupuncture or any other form of self-care that resonates with you for no reason. Of course you can. And I thought it was such a great analogy that I wanted to take this one step further with you regarding the emotional body. So in crisis times, when people are in an emotional mess, if they want to stop suffering, they will probably seek help. And what does that look like? It could be calling a therapist or a psychologist or a psychiatrist or some hotline. But the truth of the matter is, you don't have to go to these professionals only when you're in a crisis. You can go on a regular basis for maintenance. And I even recommend it in addition to the ongoing practices that you do on your own. 
I recently hired a new coach. Granted, she's a business coach, but anyone who's in business will tell you that more often than not, our businesses and our personal lives often collide. So even if I'm speaking business to my new coach, personal stuff always comes up. I meet with her weekly, and I love it. I have to admit, it's like the highlight of my week. (laughs) I love speaking with her and sharing what's happened in the past week and where I'm at and where I'm feeling stuck and how she can guide me to get unstuck and see new perspectives and to challenge me. All of it. It's amazing. It makes me feel mentally healthy and it even makes me feel happy. Even if she gives me a lot of work to do or challenging homework, it doesn't matter. I have this connection with this other human who knows me, who supports me, who believes in me. I don't just hire a coach to go to when I'm in crisis. That wouldn't get me anywhere. I hire a coach to go on a journey with me. And in addition to having a regular coach who knows, loves, and supports me, I have a regular routine that helps to maintain my emotional health and well-being. And that includes a morning routine, which is to say things that I do before my kids wake up in the morning and I have to help them get ready for school. I go to bed pretty early, usually by 10 o'clock at the very, very latest, and I wake up naturally pretty early. Recently, I've been finding myself getting up around 4.30, and now that I'm in the middle of this miracle morning challenge inside of the Living Deliberately Facebook group, I'm really challenging myself to get unstuck from fear of waking up too early. And the truth is, I'm finding it magical for so many reasons. One reason is that, to me, there's no other time of the day than the morning. It's the most peaceful, quiet, and calm part of the day for me. So I really like to take advantage of it. I also like to wake up early because I can do so many things during that time, like meditate and do affirmations and visualizations, and do journaling for getting unstuck and getting clear. And even after I do those things, I usually have time to go for a walk. So that's kind of what my morning routine looks like, which is really focused on my emotional health and well-being more than anything else as I see it. And then during the day, there are two more things that I do to maintain my emotional health and well-being. One is that I aim to pause three times a day. I play a CD that I created called Day and Night, which has three tracks, each of them 18 minutes long, one for the morning, one for noon, and one for the evening. And when I play the CD, I pause from whatever I'm doing in that moment, working or anything else. I listen to those chants that I sing of gratitude and praise and request, And I either move my body to the music, or I sit in meditation, or I lay on my back. But the point is, is that I consciously make efforts to pause during the day. Because if I don't do that, I would just go, go, go. And that is not good for my mental health. And the second thing I do during the day is I continue to get unstuck and get clear as often as I'm aware of the need. So in other words, it's not just about the journaling that I do in the morning, but I'm actively managing my mind all of the time. And it's that work that keeps me healthy emotionally and not stuck. 
So just for instance, this morning, I found myself stuck. I was on my morning walk and I noticed the time, which was like a half an hour before my kids had to leave for school. So I rushed home in order to get them up and ready. And while I was standing in the kitchen, I see my husband walk downstairs to make himself some coffee. And I got stuck on, like, why did I have to stop my exercise in order to come home for the kids? But that wasn't really what I was stuck on. What I was stuck on was a belief that my husband would never in a million years even think to look at his watch and come home in the middle of a run in order to help the kids get ready for school, right? And so when he came over to say good morning to me and give me a kiss on the cheek, I was stuck. It was ridiculous. It was a complete childhood reaction of like, it's not fair. But because I'm armed with my tools, literally in a few minutes, I got myself unstuck and I apologized to my husband because I was off and I was rude and I attacked him for no reason at all. And we didn't have to start the morning that way. In fact, he didn't start the morning that way. I did. But because of how I maintain my emotional well-being, I cleaned up my mess and I did what I needed to do to move on and to start our morning over again, which we did, thank God. Maintaining your emotional health and well-being, in my opinion, is the most important thing you can do for yourself. I spoke about that in episode 181. In my opinion, there is nothing more important than your emotional health and well-being because it's everything. It's how you look at the world. It's how you decide to respond to things. Your mind is the most powerful thing, and I cannot emphasize enough the importance of investing in it with self-help tools that you do on your own on a regular basis and working with a coach. I truly have come to believe that everyone needs a coach. I didn't used to think that, but I really do now. And so how does this tie into the crazy goal that I was mentioning in the beginning? Because whatever emotion you're looking to create, it's always temporary, right? Emotions don't last. So you need to maintain your emotional health and managing your mind and practicing to create whatever emotion you want to feel at any given time. It's not just about the end goal of being happy, for example, because happiness or any other emotion that you want to feel is always fleeting. So I'd love for you to think about this, my friends. How do you maintain your emotional health and well-being? Do you have specific practices or do you do things only when you're in crisis mode? Do you feel like you're armed with enough tools? Are you doing this alone? Do you find yourself growing in your emotional health and well-being, or do you find yourself going in the opposite direction? I would love to hear your responses to this. The doors to the Living Deliberately Together Facebook group are now open. If you have not yet joined it, please consider checking it out because it's there where we continue these conversations. Thank you so much for choosing to be with me today. Wishing you a wonderful rest of your week. And as always, I look forward to getting unstuck, getting clear, and living deliberately with you. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Living Deliberately podcast. It is my honor and privilege to show up here each week for you. If you enjoyed this episode, 
I invite you to visit me over at my website, shiragora.com, and grab your free ultimate guide for getting unstuck, getting clear, and living deliberately. I look forward to being here with you next week.